0: If you will get your Bibles ready to go. Actually, we should just kind of close up shop and be done now. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty much what I was going to preach about is how he loves us. So, But we're going to continue on like I shared in Romans 15. We're taking a look at where Paul is now. We've got these two or three chapters of what it looks like to live as. And these guys are probably making signs at me, right? I have too many gizmos in my ears all... 1045 service. Um, Is that better? Can you hear me over here? All right, sweet. Not that I'm moving. It's scary over there. Yeah. (laughs) But we are taking a look at, at what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a Romans 12 Christian, all through 14 and even the first part of 15, and taking a look at what we need to do as Christians, not only in our faith, relating to, to God, but how we live out our lives for others and to serve others and to minister to them. and But there's still some conflict going on in the church in Rome. Uh, Paul's having to deal with the Gentile Christians and the Jewish Christians. They're still not quite getting this concept of how big God is, how big this plan of hope is. Um, and so I wanted to back up in the seven again. We ended with that last week. But I wanted to take a look at this reminder of what it means to welcome each other, what it means to truly love God and to love others, and to understand this concept that we need to be unified in this glorifying to God. We've got to be unified as a church. We've got to be unified as a body of Christ around the world to give God the glory. Uh, and from that is understanding that all are welcome. And that's what I want to take a look at. Is it that we have this hope in God. And I actually want to start backwards. So read with me verse 13, Romans 5, 13. Then we'll jump back up to 7 and work our way back to 13. And this is Paul's prayer again. He prayed uh, back in Romans 6, or verse 6, 15, 6. uh, But now he's praying again. Uh, And there's an important aspect to when Paul just needs to stop, pray. Uh, for for the readers for us today to to understand. So verse 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. And this prayer is just chock full of so much. Uh, so much of what God is wanting to do in all of mankind, but especially in the church in Rome, Paul's using this to say, look guys We've got to get this together, and girls. I meant that in a Californian way, okay? Y'all. <laughs> but, but we've got to get along. Um, it's, God is bigger than this. Our salvation is bigger than this, and to be nitpicky. So back up to seven is to welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. And this picture of Christ welcoming us is this picture of salvation, uh, that we don't get to enter into relationship with God without going through Christ Jesus uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Christ has welcomed us, uh, and we need to understand this picture that what God has done in our life, we need to live out to others. We've talked about that since Romans 12 and before, knowing that we, if, if Christ has welcomed us, if we have salvation with him, we need to live that out in welcoming others, Um, I was almost going to do a very dangerous thing this morning and ask who. Now, please don't put your hands up because if I don't see your hand up, then I'm going to be hunting you down. Okay? But how many of you are welcomed this morning coming into church? Coming into sanctuary? Don't don't put your hands up. Um, Coming into the sanctuary, coming into Bible study. um, Ernest talked about that. I mean, there is some spiritual action going on with a handshake with a smile, with a pat on the back, with a hug, there is something that can turn your day around when someone has a big old smile and and welcomes you. And remember I talked last week about missing the Walmart greeters? You know, it just made the shopping experience special. Um, but how important is that, that we welcome one another uh, as Christians, as brothers and sisters in Christ coming to worship together? And that's so important. And something I came across doing research is this picture of Christ. If Christ was to bring someone here to church that maybe we, not, we would not have thought belonged here, what would our attitude be differently? If it was obvious that Christ brought them here himself, wouldn't our attitude be completely different about that person? And how many times did we put up our own judgment Um, by whatever situation we assume is going on in their life, that they don't really belong here. You know, this is for church people. You know, maybe it's whatever, dress or looks or whatever. And that's so wrong, and I'm so glad that it's not up to us who enters into a relationship with God, that it's all God. And so to welcome one another that this hope is for all, um, This hope is for all. We're going to look at how trusting this hope is and then how, where the source of hope comes from and this prayer that Paul has, this prayer for hope. So this hope for all is what Paul is trying to grill into the church in Rome, that this hope is for all of us, Gentiles, Jews, anyone who believes in Jesus, this is for you. Um, It doesn't matter. And I know the Jews thought that they had it locked in uh, the chosen people, the Gentiles thought the Jews messed up. You know, you guys aren't getting it. You're missing the point. You miss Jesus. Um, and, and Paul's like, guys, it's, it's everyone. Uh, this is for all. And aren't you glad that we're part of the all? I wrote that down. Glad I'm included in the list for all. Um, because there's times, if you knew what was going on up here in here, I may not be deserving to be in here. Uh, but aren't you glad that we are part of the all? We are part of this list that salvation is for all. And Luke 15, and I'll just read you, this is verse 1 and 2. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. So Jesus has been doing this this whole ministry, if you look back. There hasn't been a particular group that he stayed with and focused on, and that was it. He was hanging out with sinners, And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Well, that would be me. Um, And aren't you glad that that is who we are and why we're here today? Because we are part of the all. And the, the rest of Luke 15, by the way, is the list of the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin and the prodigal son. And how do we not all see ourselves within that chapter? So, This hope is for all. This salvation is for all. And again, we have this judgment filter in our life of, wow, I didn't know that they were a Christian or, you know, I'm surprised that they accepted Jesus because I knew all the bad things they had done. And I was trying to think of one particular story, and the story of my dad's dad. So my grandfather, Grandpa Stacks, kept coming to my mind. My, no, I knew he was a Christian, but I didn't when I was younger. And I remember he was... He was the man's man. He was a railroad guy, um, retired from the railroad industry, drove the big old Cadillacs and the Oldsmobiles that no one was allowed to touch. Um, Those things were amazing, by the way. I remember going probably third or fourth grade, a train down to L.A. They lived just outside Los Angeles. And they would drive me through downtown. And this was pre-seatbelt mess and all the safety gizmos, whatever. You know, and I would sit in the front seat. And, of course, the windshield of those big Cadillacs were giant. And I would look up at the skyscrapers. Um, and I remember my grandpa saying, be careful. You're going to get a sunburn on your tonsils. Um, just looking <laughs> up and on. But the man put the fear of God in me. He was very, he was lo- very loving but very firm. Um, Didn't smile much. I don't know if you know people that just have this grumpy face all the time, uh, that you're not sure what they're really thinking, you know, and they could be laughing on the inside at some hilarious thing, but you would never know. Um, That was my grandpa. To the point that I remember later in life, it was right before Carrie and I got married, so I'm I'm in my 20s, and asking my dad, because my grandpa just passed away, saying, did he, was he a Christian? because I didn't know. I had this assumption as a child growing up, and, and he did. Uh, the two months before he passed, he was very clear with my father about that he had a, a, a faith in Jesus Christ. Um, but I always go back to that thinking, and I wasn't surprised at that moment, but younger I might have been like, well, he sure doesn't look happy and look like a nice Christian guy, you know, grumpy all the time, and kept correcting me every time. But so how often do we do that? How often are we not welcoming? We assume things about people. And again, for today, God's like, no, this is for anyone and everyone. Uh, This hope is for all. And Paul is grinding into the church again. If guys quit infighting about who really, you know, gets more of this hope and more of this salvation, it's for all of us. And I still imagine that some of the the people in the church grumbling about, you know, this can't be true. Uh, you know, do I really have to put up with the, you know, Brother Fred or whatever? Wait, Fred's in here. Never mind. I better use another name. You you know what I mean? So and so because they're from a different culture and and Paul's like, no, that's not the point. And so Paul says, well, hold on a second. Let me go back to the Old Testament. So now Paul pulls out you know, some, a history lesson to the church, going back to the Old Testament and goes through these verses of what this hope looks like and where, uh, where God was in all of this, including the Old Testament, this picture of salvation for all. And aren't you glad that, that we have Scripture to look back on um, to, con- to continue to remind us how much God loves us? And that we can go back to that and take a look. And this is Paul showing the church that there is hope. And that it's not just hope in things of this world. Because that's what the world's definition of hope is. That it might happen. You know, I hope I get Chipotle for lunch today. Or I hope my Cowboys win at least a few games. Really, we just need to win two to be around here. But... um, (laughs) But there's hope. I'm about to take a test. I hope I pass this test. Preparing for this morning, I I hope I don't just fall flat on my face, uh, literally or physically. Um, (laughs) But that's the world's version of hope. In Scripture, the word hope is a guarantee. Um, It is absolutely solidified in who God is, who Christ is, who the Holy Spirit is. And no one, I pray that I come up to, I pray I don't have to come up to anyone and say, hey, you know, do you believe that you're saved? And someone says, well, I hope so. You know, that's not, no, we, we know so. When we go to Christ Jesus for salvation, we are locked in. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you might be saved. Is that what it says? No, you will be saved. There's this guarantee and this hope that we have in God. And that's what God is, is wanting to give us. That's what Paul is telling this church. So take a look through these verses with me in Romans. And this, or Romans 15. And this is going through quotes from the Old Testament that Paul is now using. He says, Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing your name. And that verse, and that's in verse 9, came from Second Samuel and a very a parallel verse out of Psalm 18, verse 49. And then verse 10 says, again it is said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And this is Deuteronomy, from Deuteronomy 32. And then Paul still has his list. He says, again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him, from Psalm 117.1. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. And that's from Isaiah 11. So Paul is like, look, I'm going back to the Old Testament, not only going back to the Old Testament, I'm going to take the three major parts of the Old Testament, the Psalms, the Law, and the Prophets, to show you that God's plan all along was for the Gentiles to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It wasn't just for you, of the, of the Jewish Christians. And by the way, if you go back and look up those verses, and I can give them to you later, from the Old Testament, it didn't just have Gentiles, it's, it would say all nations. So for today, there is not a people group that does not deserve, does not have the, or should not have the opportunity, should have the opportunity to understand the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that is our mission as a, as a church, as a global church, to get the good news to all nations, all tribes, and all of mankind. So Paul is supporting this argument with scripture, proving that in history it was God's plan all along. And isn't it awesome that we too can go back and look at scripture which Paul does, by the way, just like he did in last week. He uses scripture to, to support these ideas. But I was reminded, too, of, of the Ebenezers in our life. And I used to love using that with our graduate, our graduate uh, Sunday is, as, they, as they leave home to go off to school to look back at what God has done to be faithful so that you, as you go into the big, bad world um, without... The, the comfort of your church home, that you're reminded of what God's done. But can't we all do that? Can't we all look back at when God has done something amazing in our life and we right now are trudging through the muck and mess of a current situation, but we need to reminded, be reminded also of God's faithfulness and what his grand plan was for us to have love and joy and peace and hope. And how cool is it that we can continue to go back and look and be reminded, please surround yourselves with Christian friends uh, and family to have that support and be reminded of things that God has done in their life. So Paul continues to add this argument like he did last week. Remember, Remember last week, he talked about building each other up and, oh, Paul, that's so hard. And Jesus said, and he's like, well, Jesus did it. You know, yeah, but he's Jesus. And then Paul's like, well, hold on. Let me show you scripture. Let me show you what God is doing. Same idea today of welcoming one another. Um, Hey, church, it's not about you. It's all about Jesus. Uh, This hope, this salvation is for all mankind. And then he backs it up with scripture. And then he goes to his prayer uh, to say, let me stop and pray again. And this prayer is power-packed. Um, and I want to spend the rest of our time working through this prayer, understanding the significance of this, this verse and the significance of kind of putting this God hope in this one package for us to understand today and what Paul needed the church in Rome to understand. So verse 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And the God of hope. So here's our source. Here's where hope comes from. It doesn't, we don't just have to hope in God. That hope comes from God to us. Uh, by his mercies that we even have a chance at any of this is by God's hope given to us. And if you will turn with me to First Peter. First Peter chapter 1 verses 3 through 9. And here is... Peter giving an amazing picture of what, who the God of what the God of hope is doing in our life, what salvation looks like in our lives, and his love and adoration for us. So 1 Peter 1, verses 3 through 9, says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. So here's a picture of our hope in heaven. You know, that's our great hope of when we pass from this earth, we are going to spend eternity in heaven. Something to look forward to. We've got our ticket to heaven. You know, we're good to go. Let me just kind of make it through this life. But that's where I'm headed, and what a great hope that is. But he continues on. Who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in, this, in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. There it is. Here's this picture of not only do we have the hope in, in eternal salvation, in eternity in heaven with God... But God's like, look, you're, you have to now live this life. You have all this mess to, to live through, these amazing moments, these stressful moments, school, work, neighbors, family, whatever situation, health issues. <clears throat> By the way, I'm still there. By the way, this hope is now available. By the way, your salvation is now. I am all in with you now. It's not that you made a great choice to follow me and make it to heaven. It is that now I am all in with you uh, to live through this life with you. So, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, verse 7, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And then I love verse 8. Though you may not have seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Though you do not see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible. How much easier would it it have been to live when Jesus lived, to see the miracles, to see his ministry, uh, to see him die on the cross for my sins? Okay, and now I really, like, I get it. Like, I've seen it. I know this is real. And we don't get that in this generation. But we do. That same Jesus is the same Jesus that we get to worship, that we have faith in. Um, What an amazing picture of what this hope is. And that God is all in. Um, Between our, our hope in the future of spending eternity in heaven, but even now. That we have hope to hold on to. And going on, the word fill. Uh, may we never be lacking in joy or peace because God is going to fill it up. Okay, he doesn't give us the certain dose for the day, you know, and oh, I spent that at, you know, by 7.30 this morning, God, what do I have to live on the rest of the day? No, he, it's full. Okay, this joy and this peace is, is filled up, topped off, it's not anything that we can do, it is only comes from God the Father. What an amazing picture! And then joy and peace. Um, I put on here that joy is one of Paul's favorite fruits. Okay, joy and peace is fruit of the Spirit. Paul uses the word joy twenty-one times in his writings, more than any other writer. Um, and this is joy. This is not happiness. Okay, happiness depends on something that happens to you. This is joy. That can only be from God. There is no other source of joy than from God the Father. And then peace. Um, This inward peace that can only come from God. This isn't just a peace with God. Uh, Our our situation with sin, we're separated from God. And then we are covered by the shed blood of Jesus when we accept him. Um, Now we're at peace with God. It's more than that. This is a peace, true peace from God the Father that is given to our hearts, given to our souls, our minds, from God. Um, not just this, this, okay, I'm okay with God. It is, it is a gift from God. And then believing, the word faith, this, that we cannot have joy and peace nor hope without faith. And this is an important key. And I pray today, and we're going to talk more about this in a second, I pray that there is, if there's anyone here this morning that does not understand what it means to be a Christian, what it doesn't understand, or you don't understand what it means to truly have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you are 100% guaranteed on your way to heaven and on your way to a a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you are not 100% today, I pray that you come and talk to me when we wrap up, or come and talk to someone Uh, this morning. But understanding that we, it all starts with that. Okay, we can hear all of this, but until we have faith, until we believe that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, then we don't have this peace and this joy and this hope. I can't imagine living this life without those three things, let alone a personal relationship with God. But to not have joy and peace in this life and have any kind of hope You know, the man-made of any of those is going to fall apart immediately. But here we have a life that we get to live in fullness with him because he has given fully to us. And then it's the Holy Spirit. Like I just shared, it's not about us. It's not on us. It's not things that we've had to do. It's not coming to, you know, make sure you come to Bible study 25% of your month and, Worship 75 there's not things that we have to do to earn this. We are given it. Back to God filling up our joy and our peace. It is the Holy Spirit, and we know the right thing to do, and we struggle at getting it done. Aren't you glad that it's up to the Holy Spirit to fulfill that for us, and not things that we have tried to do on our own? And then here we are with hope, overflowing hope. And I sat there thinking, well, where does all the extra hope go? You know, if, if it's hope overflowing, that means everything around my life should have this hope just splashing all over it. Um, we talked last week about about living and serving others, serving our neighbor, building each other up. Man, if we have Christ in our life, if he is our Lord and Savior, and we are living this life as Romans 12 Christians, having Jesus be seen in our life, this hope should be oozing all over us. We should stink of hope. Write that down. We should be stinking of hope, okay? It's overflowing, so why not give it away? Why not share that hope with those around us? And as we welcome one another, that's where this comes in. It's not easy to deal with other people. Wouldn't life be easier if if everyone was like us, you know, and we just had our, our little circle of responsibilities and then not have to deal with anyone else. But that's not the case. And that's not what God wants. That's not God's plan. God's plan is for us to be a church, for us to be unified, to welcome one another, to build each other up while we're glorifying him and giving him all that we can. And by the way, Trinity alert on that verse 13. I kind of tweaked a couple of words, forgive me, but let me read verse 13 again. May the hope from God the Father bring joy and peace by faith in the Son, by the power of the Holy Spirit. God's all in. We don't get a portion, we get all. We have all access to God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit for our good, for us to glorify him as we go through the rest of our time on earth in this hope and as we look forward to eternity in this hope. What an amazing picture of who God is and what he is doing in the life of us as a, at an individual level, but also the life of our church. And as we go and love and serve Waldorf and Charles County and Maryland and the United States and the rest of the world, uh, we have so much to give and so much to offer. As I wrap up now, I, I pray that we have kind of taken a look of how is our life? How hopeless do we feel? And there's times that I know we feel hopeless because I do, and and I've I've looked away from what God has for me, um, and I get that, I totally get that, but we need to understand that that God is there, He's never left, He is faithful to guide us, to direct us, to empower empower us with His Holy Spirit, uh, for Christ to continue to mold us and to make us into who He wants us to be, but let's just take, you know, a a personal check of where our hope is. And maybe we need to to crank it back up, get into his word, surround ourselves with Christian friends, uh, continue to pray and thank him for all that he's done, and compare that to what's going on. And then again, I pray that if anyone here does not 100% know that they are a Christian, understand that they need a Savior and aren't quite sure, please come and talk to me during this time of invitation. Uh, Talk to someone today, tomorrow, sometime soon, to fully understand and grasp the promise, the the secure hope that we have in, in Christ Jesus. And I pray that you have an opportunity to understand that. And if you know someone in your life that doesn't get it, I pray that you have an opportunity this week to share the love of Jesus with them for them to understand how amazing God is and how all in he wants to be in our life. Uh, As I close in prayer right now, I pray that we take time to reflect on what we've heard this morning. Uh, May the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. And as we leave this place, help us to be renewed in, in who he is. Father, I thank you for this time together, that as your church, that we continue to seek those who are hurting Uh, to be welcoming. Father, I pray that as we leave this place, that you give us opportunities to serve others. Father, that most importantly, that we spend time with you uh, more and more in your word and prayer, glorifying you and thanking you for all that you've done in our life uh, with this love and this joy and this peace um, because of the hope that we have in you that you gave to us. Father, I thank you for this time of worship. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God